Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. I am. I'm so glad we have this episode because if all of these things had broken and we had to wait an entire now two weeks since we don't have a Monday episode, we would have lost it. No, it's the best thing in the entire world. And now, especially because we don't have a Monday episode, we don't have to be nervous that we're giving up our topics. Exactly. Okay. So as you guys know, we release Monday's episode on Tuesday and like pretty much immediately within 24 hours after the release, we find out that Kim is hosting SNL on October 9th and the Courtney and Megan campaign for Skims drops, in addition to Kylie Baby and a few other things. But I think those two are like definitely the front runners here. I'm so happy we were together when we found out about both Kim SNL and saw the Megan Courtney pictures. Julie and I stop in the middle of the street. Like, you know, those really annoying people when you're walking in Manhattan and all of a sudden they just stop. That was fully us. Like I will own it. When Isabel sent through that Kim was hosting SNL, it was like a moment where we needed 30 seconds to process. And then we walked literally 60 blocks having a full-fledged discourse about why Kim hosting SNL is different than anything she's done before and why she would be potentially nervous about that. And then in addition to that, an entire conversation about how Megan and Courtney for Skims is the most genius thing we've ever seen. (laughs) Fully 60 blocks. And you know what? Let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I want to talk about SNL because as you guys saw, Kim's hosting on October 9th. Halsey is the musical guest. And this has been speculated for a while now. I know Dumas had posted about it. And just in general, I mean, I've seen a bunch of blinds and articles and things. And, you know, Kim's never hosted SNL before. And to Julie's point, like what we were saying is typically – there are very few things that either of us would classify as things we think Kim would be nervous about. Because even like when she did the David Letterman sit down, you know, when she had to go really deep about super vulnerable moments in her life, to me, I still think that like she feels in control of that. And one, her media training is so supreme and she's just done it all. Whereas this to me falls more in the category of like 
not a Dancing with the Stars. I'm not going to insult SNL like that. But that type of thing where it's so outside of her comfort zone, completely different audience, and honestly, a completely different skill set. Totally. Well, the thing with Kim that we always say is that obviously in the beginning of her career, there was such an insane amount of criticism from people about the whole conversation about being famous just for being famous. And I think people who were older were particularly offended by that concept. Like they had such a strict idea in their head about what a celebrity is. And if you deviated from that, especially being Kim, it was kind of the one of the first people to really do that. They did not take to that well. And so what Kim managed to do throughout her career is really grow, but grow in a space of people that were willing to accept that kind of fame. And there's still a particular audience, especially people who are a little bit older, who are not on board with Kim still, who are not on board with that idea of just being famous for being famous, even though Kim has done so much to prove that that's not it and that she's so much more than that. But I think doing SNL is really putting her back in front of an audience that she hasn't been in front of for a long time. She really grew herself in a space where people embraced what she was doing. And now I feel like doing SNL, which I think will be absolutely incredible. She's putting herself back into a situation where the people who are watching it aren't necessarily the people who are fully on board. Obviously, she'll have people who love her and are watching for the sake of watching her. And obviously, there's a lot of overlap between SNL audience and fans. But you're still getting that demographic of people that she hasn't quite gotten through to yet. Oh, totally. Also, because, you know, exactly to your point, if you are actively not following her on Instagram or on social media, it's because you don't want to consume her content, of course, with the exception of the people that hate follow. So it's very easy. I mean, it's not easy to tune out the Kardashians, but it's very easy to actively not follow. If you're going to watch SNL, of course, you could not watch the episode. I'm sure, though, there's an overwhelming curiosity where she's then going to be exposed to this group of people that may already have a distaste for her, first of all. And second of all, you know, what I was thinking about is, I think a criticism that Kim gets a lot, not necessarily from fans of hers, but just, I don't even want to say from haters, from maybe people that feel a little bit neutral, is that she takes herself too seriously and like the level of self-importance is so high. And so across the board, when she leans a little bit more into the self-deprecating humor, for example, reposting a lot of the memes about her from the Met Gala or, or other events... I think she gets an overwhelmingly positive response. And so the reason that I think the SNL could be really successful is because I have to imagine a large portion of it will be her making fun of herself. And I think whether you like her, you dislike her, or you're neutral towards her, you respond well to that. I so get what you mean. And I think one of the things in terms of Kim's self-deprecation, or even not necessarily deprecation, more just like awareness of what people are saying about her, is that even me, and I think you who are huge fans of Kim, even when we see her post something on her story like that, it's like, wow, to see you be so in touch with what other people are saying is so crazy to see because in my mind, when I view you, it's so above everything that even when you see like these small accounts or Twitter conversations happening, I just never expect it to happen. It always catches me off guard. So I think something that could happen with SNL is just seeing that level of being in touch, even if it's not about her, even if it's about what's going on in the world, different pop culture topics, different SNL jokes and things like to see her step into a position where she's showing her awareness, which is usually something you don't expect from her, I think could have extremely positive results for her. I think it could too. I mean, honestly, I really do have a good feeling about this. Again, who knows? I'm sure we will get on here and, and discuss it at length. Either way, I can't even imagine us saying like, 
anything terrible because the fact that she's actually doing it, I feel like you and I are in such celebration of, because honestly, Julie, I know it may sound crazy. I think she's going to be so nervous. Like I think out of anything she's done in the last 10 years, this is going to rank in the top three, even more so than talking about the robbery in great detail or, you know, potentially some interviews she's done about struggles within her pregnancy, because still to me, that feels like she's in control. I just think here she is getting thrown in. The content is being written for her. She has to be funny, which Kim is a lot of things, but I don't think funny is in the top five adjectives that people would use to describe her. And so it's just a different type of pressure. And then on top of it, which again, this is not limited to SNL, but I do think it can be included in the conversation. Like she doesn't have the insulation of her family for comfort. Right. The other thing is, I don't even know if it's necessarily nerves, because I think I do think there's a level of nerves that will exist. But I don't think that that's the only thing. I think the main factor here is a conversation we have often, which is they very rarely the whole family included, but specifically Kim does things or have things where it would still be considered a big deal. And we always spoke about that in terms of the older episodes, we were saying like, Everything they did at this time seems like such a big deal because it was something they'd never done before. And as they've gotten so big, the magic of that has been a little bit lost because they get to do everything, whatever they want to do or whatever goals they have, they've been able to accomplish and set out and do Vogue, Met Gala, any of those really top level things. SNL is something that still feels like it's a huge, huge deal. Right. And I feel like we have that conversation a lot in addition to what you said, which is like, things that they get to do because of their fame. We also talk about a lot when we're watching the old episodes, like their level of being jaded as it applies to strictly their finances. So like, you know, season one, we see them go to Breckenridge, Colorado, and they're blown away by the home. Whereas now they're at this like ridiculous home in Lake Tahoe and they think it's nice, but they don't even blink. Right. So we have that conversation also. I think the thing with SNL specifically is that it's really nothing to do with their direct level of fame. Like, yes, of course, you do not get it unless you have cultural relevancy. However, you could be the most famous person in the world. If Lauren Michaels doesn't think that you have what it takes, you're not hosting SNL. Yes, I totally, totally agree. It's really, it's still an honor to be chosen. You can even say there are much less famous people who have hosted SNL in the past. Kim is an absurd level of fame that Anybody in the past couple of years may not even measure up to our level of fame. But this is one of those things where it's not necessarily even about that because the people who typically get to host SNL are performers, are people who are actors, singers who can kind of do both and act and sing and and have that personality of being able to be funny and on stage and really carry a show. And I think that a couple of years ago, if you had thrown Kim's name into the ring for this, people would have thought you were crazy. And I just think she's gotten to a point where it's like, you know what? She's too big to not be given this opportunity. She's too culturally relevant in every aspect of our lives to not have hosted SNL at least once. But it's still a big deal to be able to do because you've never really seen her in this setting. And it's funny that you said like, you know, funny isn't really a way we would describe Kim. But when you watch her on the show and you watch her do certain things, she has that charismatic level of funniness. It's not necessarily like jokes, haha, or like accents or performance like that. But she does carry herself oftentimes in a way when you're watching her where you're like, wow, you're underratedly kind of funny and you can perform in a way that's very unique to you, not necessarily like an onstage performance type of thing. But there's aspects of her personality that when I think about SNL, I can absolutely see those carrying over and being so successful for her. 
Yeah, well, she's quick-witted, right? It's not like a performative type of humor, as you said, but she is quick-witted and she gets it and she can be quick on her feet, which again, I know that these skits are written for you in SNL, but I do think that that factors into being able to have your timing and your delivery. And honestly, like I am just so curious what she will mention in her monologue. Me too. I can't wait. I think there's going to be an overabundance of Courtney and Travis jokes, which I'm so excited for. You think she'll talk about Kanye? Um, yeah, I, not in like a in a like overly indulgent way. I think there'll just be like a couple of funny throwaway lines about him. Also, as a side question about SNL, has it been confirmed yet if Pete's coming back? Not that I know of. I've seen I- a lot of conversations on TikTok where people have posted him and like when SNL is coming back in 10 days and you still don't know if if Pete Davidson's returning. So I have no idea. The reason I ask is how funny of a visual is it to think about like Kim and Pete backstage just hanging out? And obviously my mind immediately goes to the Kid Cudi Nobu Malibu dinner. (laughs) Yes, you're so right. But also when you said that, I just thought of a skit where Pete plays Machine Gun Kelly or Pete plays Travis and Kim plays either Courtney or Megan Fox. I'm telling you, like that is something that could happen. I am so excited for this Kim episode. I cannot even explain it to you. I know that you're excited, but like for me, the crossover of Kim and SNL is just another level for me. No, I mean, SNL has been like, to me, when I think about you, I think of SNL as one of the things it's been, you've been such a avid watcher for so many years. It's really, I'm really excited for Kim. This is a big deal. It is a big deal. I also, by the way, like this could be completely off. I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world if they were doing a skit like that. And then for like literally seven seconds, Courtney just popped out and then went back in. No, I don't think that would be the craziest thing. They do that sometimes. I I don't know if it necessarily would be a family member, but I could so see a guest appearance from somebody. Oh, see, if I was going to choose a family member, I could totally see, again, a seven second guest appearance from Kris Jenner. I mean, that would be amazing. I'm telling you, just who knows? Who knows? It's really also like you have to think, obviously, this is something not that they dedicate weeks and weeks to in terms of the actual celebrity on, but like, you know, they have to be backstage. They have to be learning their stuff. They have to be talking with the writers and with the cast. And so I would love like behind the scenes footage of the way that Kim kind of interacts with everyone, because I have to imagine that. And again, I know we just think so highly of her, but I really do believe that she would pleasantly surprise the cast of SNL in terms of the way that she is backstage. I so agree. Also, the one other thing that I want to mention is I like Halsey just as much as the next guy. I really do. I think she's super talented and I think it's a great pairing. I'm happy that it's not Kanye. Don't get me wrong. I'm like so happy that this is Kim's moment, Kanye aside. There was a part of me that thought, would it be though? Just for the purposes of like, maybe could be one of the most watched episodes ever, you know, just for pure curiosity's sake. I had that thought too, but I'm so glad that it's not because it really, really, I think would have taken away from the whole thing. And I think not even just that Kanye's presence would have taken away from Kim. I think the conversation being switched to this is a really big deal for Kim to what does this say about their relationship is not a discourse that should be taking place during Kim's first hosting gig. Totally. Like, Inevitably, there's going to be so much conversation about this, both good and bad, just because I'm sure people are going to have a lot to say. I hope that it's more overwhelmingly good than bad, but that's just one piece that didn't need to be inserted into the conversation. Like, Let that pick up on Sunday. Let that pick up on Monday with something else he does on Instagram that makes people think. Like, Let this be her time completely, entirely from any Kanye rumors. 
Exactly. And by the way, if there is going to be any sort of Kanye discourse, let it happen based on something that she intentionally said in her monologue. I totally agree. And I think that that's something that could definitely happen. I just think that if he was the musical guest while she was the host, it would be way too much. However, I will say if they were still married and they were still together and there was no breakup, no divorce, whatever, them doing that at the same time would have been absolutely epic. Oh my God, Beyonce, are you kidding? I think about that a lot just with other couples that haven't, because you know there are a lot of very famous A-list couples, but not every one half of them could be the musical guest. But like, that's the ideal when you could. Right. Like that is the definition of being a power couple. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a really good example of one that could do it. Has Beyonce ever hosted with Jay-Z as musical guest or vice versa? No, but that would be unreal. Oh my gosh, that would be unreal. I've definitely said this before, obviously on this podcast, but like (laughs) not to knock Beyonce, but when I went that one year and it was fucking Betty White with Jay-Z as the performer, that was also pretty top power couple. (laughs) Yeah. Jay-Z and Betty White, hot couple. There is something about Jay-Z doing Empire State of Mind in the 30 Rock building that just hits different. I just got chills all over my body. Like, yeah, it, it was it was chill inducing. Okay. I, we just want to talk about that. There's not that much else to say. I guess we just could literally talk about this for forever. But I know you guys were really excited about it, as excited as we were. So we didn't want to have to wait another week and a half to talk about it. I physically couldn't have. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Obviously, the next thing we have to talk about is Courtney and Megan Fox in this new Skims campaign. Holy shit. Talk about literally breaking the internet. No, this really was, especially because there were so many different photos coming from so many different accounts. Like, I'm sure they had a million in the shoot, but it wasn't like it was just one photo. It's like all of a sudden you think you saw the hottest thing in the world, and then there's cherries, and then there's an apple, and then they're in like the beige one, and Courtney's. I was like, oh my God, I need a minute. It was so overwhelming because it was such a combination of like, is this the hottest thing I've ever seen in my entire life? Coupled with, is Kim the greatest marketing genius of our time? Right. And the two were both so present and like equal. (laughs) And it was impossible to tell which was the overwhelming vibe because first of all, so many people were talking about these and posting these stories, tweets, everything about these. 
But both of those conversations were existing at the exact same time. So it was hard to tell which like the leading part of it was. Yeah. And also the other thing is like when it comes to the Kim element of it, in terms of her marketing, she just has this real unique ability to capitalize on a moment. And right now, Courtney and Megan are having a moment. And listen, do I think that their relationships will last? Yeah, hopefully. But who's to say that the public excitement about it will be everlasting. I don't know. Right now, they just got off the VMA red carpet. They just had that photo shoot of them, you know, in the bathroom, that whole thing. Like there's so much conversation around them right now. And so Kim just gets it. Something I absolutely love as well is that this wasn't a big campaign. It's not like when Kylie does something with Kendall or with any one of the other sisters and there's this giant campaign launch around it. And again, I think Kylie is unbelievable at marketing. I think Kylie, obviously her entire lip kit business and her entire cosmetics and everything she's done is a testament to how good she is at this. But when she does certain things, especially with family members like this, it's like a really big launch. It becomes a really big deal, a birthday collection, a stormy collection, Kendall, it's a huge deal. With this, with the Megan and Courtney, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big launch. It was just you logged onto your phone and these photos just dropped. Yeah. And I think that that was really intentional. One on Kim's behalf, absolutely. But also to me, that's so much more of Courtney's kind of style. I was going to say vibe. And then I thought that that would be <laughs> too Courtney-esque. But it's really, that to me, that is so much more Courtney's style than the way that Kylie and honestly, even Kim at times does things. It just feels cooler that way. It fe- There's just something about it. And I don't even know how to properly verbalize it other than like, if you know, you just understand what I mean. There's something so much smarter to me about the ability to just drop a couple of photos and have it be a campaign in and of itself. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The the followers do the legwork for you because this is picked up by everyone. And I don't just mean, you know, by the Daily Mail, by E! News, by the obvious platforms. I'm saying your regular people that don't have a social media following are posting that to their story. Like so many people that I follow and I know personally on my own account had that as their story, both men and women, straight, gay, all of it. Yeah, I'm at 100%. I just have a lot of questions, you know? I have a lot of questions, but my overwhelming feeling is I'm just so happy for Courtney. I mean, we were talking about this last week and we got a lot of feedback from our episode of people saying like, I'm so glad you guys said that because I feel the same way of she is having a moment right now and the moment is separate from the family. Obviously, this is intertwined with Skims, which is Kim's thing, but it wasn't really you know, about Kim. Yes, there was the marketing conversation happening, but you recognize in looking at these photos of like, Courtney and Megan are on it right now. But Courtney is at the top of her game right now. Like, I don't think she has ever had that, especially because so much of the conversations about Courtney have been in regards to her relationship, specifically with Scott, or in regards to joking about her business, joking about Poosh, or, you know, fighting with her sisters. And even though so much of this has to do with her relationship with Travis, I think the conversation that's occurring surrounding Courtney right now is literally just about her. Like she is having such a moment and I bring it back to TikTok all the time. When those sounds came out and they were so overwhelmingly Courtney sound bites, I think that that added to a level of confidence that Courtney didn't have before in terms of seeing herself as her own separate entity. Obviously, all of those sound bites are like very funny, almost cocky things that Courtney has said in the past. So it's like you can't say she lacked confidence in that area. But I think in terms of the rest of the world and how she was being looked at and perceived, it gave her this overwhelming amount of confidence of like, yeah, I can I can 
be up there with the rest of my family, no problem. And I think she really took that. And you've just seen a continuation of that. This relationship with Travis obviously is so special in and of itself, but the confidence that's coming from it is another level. Oh yeah, it can't be ignored. And honestly, as you were talking, I was thinking about how back in the day when we were so in on the Courtney and Scott thing, and by back in the day, I mean like a year and a half ago, like not even in the OG days. And I really have come to the conclusion for myself personally, and I don't know if you agree with this or if this resonates with anyone else, I really had to be out of the situation, meaning I really needed Courtney to be with someone else for me to come to the realization that Scott was weighing her down. She was never, in my opinion, I feel like I can say this now confidently, she was never going to blossom in the way that she is blossoming now if she continued to be with Scott. And that's not even really a criticism on him. It's more so just them together. And I don't I don't necessarily think it's because the world was already too familiar that like the damage had been done that maybe fed into it. But I just think he just wasn't the confidence enabling partner for her. Listen, Scott loved Courtney. Scott still loves Courtney, but he loves her in his own way that I don't think until she was in this relationship, she was able to understand what that was doing to her. I don't think any of us were because I never would have said that I viewed Courtney as a not confident person. I never would have used those words to describe her. But seeing this era of her, it's like it's like all this untapped potential and you see her just so comfortable with herself and so taking charge of everything she's doing right now. And it's incredible to see, like, it's, you know, it's one thing when you see somebody go from like, wow, they were not confident at all. And it's so nice to see this level of confidence. That's an amazing thing. It's an amazing feeling. When you see somebody also who you never would have necessarily described that way. And then you see this change in them and you realize how much they've grown and how much they've changed in all of the best ways. That's a whole other feeling. Right. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's almost like we didn't know what we were missing. And I don't even just mean we, I mean, Courtney as well, all of us. Like, I'm going to use Chloe for an example. If this was happening with Chloe in a new relationship, the contrast would have been more stark even going into it. Whereas it's only now where we take a step back and say, wow, we would have never thought of Courtney in this way. It took this to make us have that realization. That's what I'm saying, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. Like I, I know that historically, and I've said it a million times, like Courtney has not been the one that I've supported the most. Obviously I want the whole family to succeed, but like she just hasn't been my person. And I still, Kim is always going to be my top, but like I have a real new appreciation for her. And I have to imagine that I'm not alone. And I have to imagine those that have been on board since day one probably feel super fucking validated. No, you're definitely not alone. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And okay, we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, 
Whatever occasion you need, it's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. All I want in the whole world, though, is to see this happen for Chloe as well. Oh my God, all I want. And you know, I don't... It's unfair. I don't even like what I just said a second ago where I was like, and if Chloe was in a relationship that was doing this, like, I don't want the relationship to be the thing that brings it out of her. It was just, there was such a clear correlation with Courtney, you know, based on so much, not just how he treats her, but also the cultural relevancy of them as a couple. And there's so much that goes into it, but I don't know what the thing is going to be for Chloe. Maybe it is going to be a relationship. Maybe it's a business venture. Maybe it's, I don't know, something else, but whatever the thing is that brings that out of her. Totally. I think the reason we think that way about Chloe with relationships isn't just because this is kind of what has allowed Courtney to enter the space. I think with Chloe, she just has literally so much love to give. And you've watched that over the years. And it's like, you just want her to have somebody to be able to do that with and share that with and that person to be the right person for her finally. And I think when that does happen, you'll notice that level of confidence, because even though it shouldn't come from that source. I think with her, there's something where as the public, once we see her finally get that, it'll be like a huge sense of relief for everybody involved. Like I can't say confidently that that is something that Chloe is actively searching for right now, or if she's at a place in her life where she's like, I simply just can't do this again. I simply can't go through all of this again. I do think, however, when Chloe gets to have what Courtney is having now, It'll be that same feeling of like, wow, I didn't even know what I was missing out on. Absolutely. And to be clear, though, I don't think it's the type of thing where like, wow, I didn't know how this feels in terms of like that passionate, intense love, because I genuinely, even everything that happened, I really do feel that she had that with Lamar in a way that she never had it with Tristan or French Montana or James Harden or any of the other ones. But the one missing piece is like to have that same thing without all the bullshit. I don't think that at least from when we've known Chloe, she has had an adult relationship that has a level of intensity, passion, and seriousness without the bullshit. She's just like, it It follows her everywhere she goes. So I think to be able to say like, wow, this is almost too easy. You know, we don't have any of these side things being an issue. That I think will be peak liberation for her. You know, it's interesting because somebody sent us an inbox after we had that conversation about the ads that Chloe was doing. And I actually thought this was such an interesting point where people were saying that Chloe is actively trying to maintain that level of relevancy that she once had or that level of public adoration that she once had, that she's kind of lost a little bit from the taking back of Tristan and, you know, some of the Photoshop stuff and the deleting photos. Like, There definitely has been this very almost quiet but well-known public shift of like Chloe being the funny favorite one to like maybe Chloe being a little less relevant than the others. And, you know, somebody in our inbox was saying basically like they believe that Chloe is really well aware of that and is trying to do these ads, not necessarily to like fight for relevancy because obviously Candy Crush Saga isn't going to make that happen, but maybe a little bit out of worry about where her career is going to go. And I can understand that to a certain extent. I just think that Chloe has so much room 
to regrow in, in the public eyes. I do not believe for a second that the public has turned on her, but I could understand the concept of like, maybe she isn't as well received as she once was. But I think that Chloe has such a special quality that the rest of the family doesn't possess maybe in terms of just her honesty and being so unbelievably funny that when she finds that footing again, I think she could have the absolute same resurgence that we're seeing Courtney have right now. Yes. Okay. So all really interesting and great points all around. Did you see, because I think this is different than the one you're talking about. Did you see, we also got a DM in response to that episode of somebody saying like, do you guys think there's any legitimacy to the fact that potentially Chloe has lost some respect from the public? And then they wrote like in parentheses us based on the shit that she's allowed herself to be put through. Did you see that? Yeah, I think those were two separate ones, but that one was basically saying like she's leaning into that now, you think? Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but they were kind of saying like, do you think she has to do these types of things in a way because the brand support from people that would normally support her isn't as strong because the respect has been diminished a little bit. That's kind of, I think, the tone of that inbox, which is an interesting thought. I don't necessarily know where I feel about that. I think my stance on it is that like Chloe has built up such good credit with fans of the Kardashians in the sense that like she has probably been the one that's been the most connected. And she's always been super raw. She's always been funny. She's always, you know, I think made people feel really heard and validated. And so I understand if people have lost a little bit of respect. I think that's sad, but I think it's a harsh reality, even though theoretically that shouldn't be the case since she's not the one that did the wrong thing. But like, I understand how that works. I'm not naive to that. That being said, no part of me thinks it's too far gone at all, really at all. And honestly, though, I think that when she does the more lowbrow stuff, again, I don't personally care. I'm not at all like offended by it. Do your thing. Like get that bag however you want to get it. I think that it definitely doesn't help the cause in being taken more seriously is all. Right. Well, see, I, I'm kind of back and forth with what the lowbrow stuff does for her in terms of those ads because, listen, I think that she should be getting much higher stuff than she does. Much. And I think that she should be demanding that as somebody who is really well-respected in the industry and really well-known and as almost as famous as you could possibly get. I think that she is above all of these things. With that being said, something that has always given Chloe that credit in the public eye is that she felt like the quote attainable one in the sense of she never presented herself as being above anybody. You never got that vibe from Chloe when dealing with her that she would be anything other than your best friend if you met her in person. And so I guess there's something about her doing these lower level, almost influencer ads that makes her still feel like that person of the family. I can understand that. Like I, I hear you, right? I understand that point. I just don't, I don't think it's the case because you want to know something. I don't think that your average person looks at that as a level of like relatability. I think that they understand that like the Kardashians as a whole have graduated from that bullshit. And so I think it makes her, I hate to say this because it's not how I necessarily feel. I just think that it makes her look more of an outlier in the family than she necessarily is. Like I think she achieves her level of like relatability and I'm a normal person in other ways. I don't think doing more lower brow ads gives that same effect. No, I agree. I, and I don't even think that I necessarily agree with the statement that I made. I just think that there's an interesting case to be made for it. And I also think it's far more about attainability than relatability. No, I know. Listen, I know that you're not like... <laughs> dying on that hill by any means. I were kind of just all like throwing whatever we 
think potentially could be a thing out into the universe and talking about it. But I guess to the same point that I just made about relatability, I also think that like those types of ads don't necessarily contribute to the feeling of attainability. I can't pinpoint it in this current moment. I think there are different things that they all do that have moments of making them feel both attainable and relatable, even though generally it's like not even in the same fucking stratosphere as your average person. Right. I live for this shit, Julie. I live for it. The conversations surrounding them are always so interesting because I think that when you talk about them, especially in like this level of analysis, right? Like if you're not a fan, if you don't look at them or view them this way, you could absolutely think that this is the craziest thing a person could do. And I am not naive to that. I fully understand that. However, I think that analyzing the Kardashians in this way is analyzing pop culture and analyzing each one of them represents like a different, like, this is such a larger conversation because it's almost like each one of them represents a different level of fame and a different type of fame. And so by analyzing each individual one of them and how the public responds to them, what you're really doing is analyzing the way public responds to different types of celebrities in general. Like they are almost the stand-in for that general conversation. So to be able to analyze them in that way and pick apart the little things they do and the way that people respond to them gives you such a greater understanding of like, where we are at right now and what we want from our celebrities and how we view celebrities and how we view families like this. And to me, it's just fascinating. Well, it is because on one hand, everything that you just said is so accurate and like so tracks kind of that they are like, you know, can be used almost as a case study to like analyze fame as a concept in different types. But also what's so unique about them is that all of that stands. And at the same time, they themselves as a family are in a genre of their own. So they can kind of be used for both. It's just, listen, I get it. Also, by the way, if you don't care about this, you're not 40 minutes into a podcast called Kardashian Midweek Recap. You know, I have to imagine that if you're here, unless you're listening because like you hate us and you like to hate listen, you care about this stuff. And most people in your life don't want to talk about it. And you don't necessarily have friends that want to sit here and talk for 20 minutes about the intricacies of Khloe Kardashian's Candy Crush ad. And I get it. Not everybody does. That's fine. Just like I'm never going to sit down and talk about the fucking like lion's defensive line. You know, we all have our things. So, hey. Um who taught it's you just, about defensive lines? I don't know. You like you like that? I just pulled that one out. Yeah, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> the one other thing that I wanted to say, well, two. The first is obviously you guys saw Kylie Baby, which I guess is launching on the twenty eighth. Which there's not really much to say on that, and you know who knows how the products will be, but more so, she's now done obviously Kylie Cosmetics, Kylie Skin, Kylie Baby, and Kylie Swim. I wonder what else she has either trademarked or in the pro- is in the process of trademarking because you see she's trying to do just like a Kylie takeover. Yeah, like Kylie home. Is Kylie cool. home. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you want to just put Kylie in front of it, choose any word. A question I have that's not necessarily related to this, but is still related to Kylie is obviously we all saw the cutest video of all time, which is Stormy imitating Kylie and saying like, I'm Kylie Jenner. The question I had about that video is, do you think that Stormy now has an understanding of who Kylie is, or she was just straight up imitating her. I was having the exact same thought in my mind when I watched that video, and I don't know, but I, and I obviously thought back to the video of Kim and North in the car, I believe at One Fashion Week, when North asking why there's all these people and Kim saying, because daddy's Kanye West and mommy is Kim Kardashian, you know? I still think at three years old, Stormy doesn't necessarily understand the magnitude of who Kylie is. And, you know, one could say, well, maybe she understands that, like, this isn't the norm. But I think for her, this is the norm. And she hasn't been enough around enough other experiences to understand that, like, 
maybe not everybody is followed by cameras. So no, I think at this point it was pure imitation. I think that we are nearing the age where she can recognize it though. Right. I watched that video and I was like, I wonder if on any level she could understand that her mom's name, just the name alone is something that carries weight. Like I know that's a lot to put on a three-year-old, but it's like when you're kind of at that age and you start to reach that level of consciousness where you understand the world is more than just like your insular family family and like what goes on in your everyday life. Like, obviously it's young, but like those are when your experiences are formed. And that's when you start to understand like the world is bigger than yourself, kind of still young to do that. And as we know, like we've kind of watched Stormy and said, she's been a little bit advanced for her age for a while. So I was just watching that and wondering like, listen, obviously you don't know the extent of who your mom is. You may not even understand the extent of who your family is. But if you could understand the extent of the fact that her name carries weight just by saying it and would elicit a response from most people, that's an insane concept to think about. It is an insane concept to think about. And I don't, you know, I would love to have a conversation with Stormy at every single age, like at three, at four, at five, and to see how her understanding of this evolves. Because even if there is some sliver of an understanding, her brain just can't fully like conceptualize what that means, you know? Right. It reminds me of when North was really little and they were at Nobu and it was like North, Chris, Penelope and and Mason. And Chris made a comment about like, who's your favorite rapper? And she said, Kanye West is my dad. And it was like that moment where we were like that understanding that your dad is famous and like worth bragging about and worth noting is so crazy to us because like it, it seems so advanced of a concept, but for her, that's her life. And I was just comparing it to that moment of like, at what age do these kids, and not just Kardashian kids, celebrity kids in general, start to understand those innate differences between their parents and their family? I know. I would love to like talk to a bunch of different celebrity parents about that. I'm sure they mentioned at some times, but it's kind of a weird concept to think about, you know? Yeah, totally. And then lastly, obviously, I'm sure you guys saw, there's like this Scott and Amelia article just basically saying that you know, Scott's apologized to Amelia and that she's happy to be cordial, but she kind of realizes that it was not serving her and she's on for the better. And it was basically a source was saying like, it's hard to be in a relationship with Scott since he will never not be in love with Courtney. And all I have to say to that is, as we said, the second the announcement of the breakup happened, best thing that ever happened to Amelia, thank God. And I also want to say she has been thriving since, like truly thriving since. And I do think that there's a correlation. I do too. Just fuck yeah. Like, uh, by the way, I want that same happiness and thriving for Scott, just not with her, with somebody who is a little bit more age appropriate. And, you know, it, there's so much there. But yes, good for Amelia. And I'm really glad that this didn't seem anywhere in the article like she was considering a reconciliation. No, I'm really glad about that too. And I do really want that for Scott. Like, you know what I said to you the other day, which is so funny, and I, I still kind of think it, even though it could never happen, is Chloe and Scott getting together and being a couple would solve all of the family's problems and all of their individual problems. Could you imagine? I like think about that sometimes. I think they have such a love for each other. And I don't even think that it's, did Kylie do 73 questions? Oh, holy shit. (gasps) What do we do? Well, we're going to have to stop here, watch it and then come back. Okay. I have Pilates now. Okay. So let's end this. We'll send it. We can literally keep this conversation in because I think it's so funny. And then we can come back with Kylie. Oh, my God. Wait, you see what she's saying? She shared once. She wishes she'd never made a tear. My stripper pole episode. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. Okay, guys, we'll be right back. 
Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, we're back. (laughs) Now that I have watched the video, I feel that our response was a little bit too heightened for the content that we were given. Although, how are we supposed to know that? That I'm I'm laughing so hard at the thought of everybody <laughs> of everybody listening to us react in that way, either with the knowledge of what it actually was or running to go watch it after hearing us react and being <laughs> as disappointed as we were. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I mean, I wouldn't have changed my reaction, but Listen, not to be too hard on Kylie, because I would say typically the 73 questions are a little bit awkward. I think that's actually part of the charm. I just, I don't know. She she felt a little bit stiff to me. Yeah, it was stiff. And also I didn't get any info. Yeah, I think that's what it is. We sometimes look for like those little, I don't know, moments of information that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Although I guess with the Kardashians, like we know so much anyway. So I don't know. No, but she didn't even answer any questions, really. Like, all of her, the questions she answered were kind of, like, really generic things that she could have said responses to. Like, I didn't feel like I got anything answered, even the ones of the 73 questions. Like, she answered a couple, like, who who's the best dress member of the family? Stormy, that was funny. When Chris was asking her questions, it was cute. But, like, so many of her answers were just, like, nothing. Do you think it was her answers, or do you think it was the questions? Both. Yeah. I don't know. I I just honestly forget about the actual questions or the answers to the questions. I just felt like her energy was a little bit maybe more dull than I would have anticipated. I don't know. Do you think we're being off? I I don't think we are though. No, we're definitely not. People will say that we're definitely not being off. Isabel sent that thing and she was like, Kylie, 73 questions just reminded me of that meme that's like, yes, low energy. Like give us nothing, girl. Right. (laughs) That's kind of was the vibe. I don't know. I, I, was so not anticipating that. I guess also like in comparison to Kim's and the, the kids were there and Kanye was there and I just felt like there was a lot more going on. But, you know, there's tons that have been worse than hers too. Oh, definitely. I'm trying to think. <laughs> That's a fun. It's a, it's a very, you know, like simple concept, obviously, but it tells a lot about a person and the way that they handle it. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it is really funny that this is such a thing because I do feel like with every single person's I'm disappointed. Yeah, but you know what's interesting about it? Forgetting about being disappointed, I feel like if I was a celebrity, I understand the honor of being asked to do it and I understand it's vogue, but I almost feel like there's no way you're going to come out looking better than you did going in. No, like even I remember Haley's I was so disappointed by. Right, and we love Haley. Yeah, Dan Levy's was really good, I remember. Yeah, remember Dakota Johnson with the limes and then later she came out being like, I'm actually allergic. I don't even know why they were there. 
That's hilarious. I know. I could never be on 73 questions. Don't even ask me one question. Oh my God. I get, the thought of you being on 73 questions makes me mad. I would be screaming at you like, Julie, give them more. I know. And I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. Julie's version of 73 questions when she comes back from a date and me and Isabel interrogate her and then she starts going crazy and runs into her room. Yeah. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Do you love that routine for us? Well, I love the running into my room part. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention? I think that's it, kid. I'm so upset that that was as disappointing as it was. I can't get over it. I'll tell you one thing for damn sure, though. When they walk in, what a beautiful entryway that is to enter in every single day. Gorgeous. And Stormy opening the door made it all worth it, honestly. Kylie's house is the definition, though, of successful indoor-outdoor living. Totally. Yes. Great point. Like, that's the way to do it, you know? Yeah. The kind of... It's a spe- it's a spectacular property, really. I know, and the tennis court right there. It it shouldn't work because the yard is small, but it does. It does work exactly. Well, small for the size of the house. You would expect her to have more property given the like massiveness of the house. It's an LA thing, not a not a house thing. No, of course, of course. Well, different different parts of LA. You know, you can yeah. get more depending on where you are. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's all. We love you guys so much. Thanks for being here with us. Isabel and I will see you tomorrow for Bravo. And then remember, there's no episode this coming Monday, but Julie and I will be back next Thursday and Isabel and I will be back next Friday. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.